And now it's time for everybody's favorite reunion show, Here Is Your Life. And now, here is your Here Is Your Life host, Guy Smiley. This is Guy Smiley. And I'm here at the KSKQ studio. Where we're going to be talking to the very famous... Dream Infringement Show. And do you know why? Why? Because... Dream Infringement... Here is your life! Oh, no. Yes! You're, you're going to tell all about my life? Yes, indeedy, we are. And we're going to start at the beginning, before you were... A show on Mondays, when you sounded like... Nothing. Yes, nothing. Now, dream infringement. Do you remember this voice? The first time I heard you, I knew I wanted to record you. Oh, that's not. Yes, it is. Here, all the way from the left. The outskirts of Ashland is the producer who recorded you. Sally Soho! You really knew this show before it was a His show. Yes, Guy. Before we met, this show was nothing but dead air. Thing? Oh. Yes. 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 We recorded our first episode in 2016. Oh, oh this is wonderful. Yes. Yes, I know, but we're not finished yet. Do you recognize these voices? You will be hearing the voices of myself, Emily, Jennifer, and Bobby, your three favorite co-hosts that can only co-host one show here on KSKQ, and that is Dream Infringement. That's right, you're listening to Dream Infringement. Here at Dream Infringement, we like to tell stories and play music based on a weekly theme. And do you remember a couple years ago, no, not a couple years ago, Although, what is time anymore, really? A couple weeks ago, when we did our question and answer round of dream infringement entitled, Do I Know You? I think that's what it was called. It was a while ago, between two weeks and two years. Anyway, we have been all, we've all been friends for quite some time and we realized there were still some things we didn't know about each other. So, we decided to ask each other those questions and then record our answers and present them to you, our beautiful beautiful listeners. So that is what we're doing. We're doing part 2. If we were too wordy and too, you know, our explanations were too lengthy, a couple weeks ago and so we had to make a part two and so that is what you get to listen to tonight so without further ado here is part two so jennifer i feel like you have told me this before and i'm sure it has come up in one of our many dream infringement episodes but i just don't remember this and so the question is what was the first concert that you went to And if that first concert you went to was like something that your parents took you to and you didn't really enjoy it, then what was the first concert that like you chose to go to on your own? Okay, that's my question. Probably the first, first concert that I 
went to would have been like some kind of Zydeco thing my dad took me to but I don't remember who anybody was and I don't think I'm the biggest fan of Zydeco it kind of is a little bit too overwhelming to me it's got a lot going on the first concert that I took myself to was Dave Matthews and I think it was maybe at the Cow Palace in Sacramento it was very very big there was a ton of people there and Dave Matthews had a bit of a cold that he was singing with and I felt a little sorry for him and my friends friends were also there and got selected at random to like be in the very front row by somebody and I was so insanely jealous over that and there was this guy behind us who kept screaming who's your daddy Dave who's your daddy but it was before who's your daddy was a thing is the first time I'd ever heard it and I thought he was such a weirdo like dude why are you so concerned about his parentage do you want to be Dave's daddy do you you're not good enough then he accidentally dropped his joint in my friend's hair. It's okay, she wasn't like singed or anything, but that was awkward. Um, I remember also that it was the day like before Halloween, I think. And then we did go spend Halloween in San Francisco just to people watch. I don't personally observe like Halloween. And the costumes and outfits were like nothing I had ever seen. Like some of them were weird, but some were like so artistically creative. It was almost kind of magical, like what people could make up and what people could do. And then I remember there was one guy who had pinned maybe like 300 Beanie Babies to himself and was walking around. And that just seemed heavy and awkward and I was like why are you a giant beanie baby oh maybe he was like dressed up as the beanie babies that like one rich couple was in the news for when they got divorced and they had to split them up maybe he was like I'm a product of, of a divorce I am those beanie babies I don't know I did not ask him because he did not look like the kind of person you would want to ask about it so I don't know but it was a really fun experience like very city very brand new I enjoyed myself Bobby Emily could you look up into the sky and point out the Big Dipper or any other kind of star constellations uh, with ease without consulting any kind of, of app or guidance system. Like you just know what it looks like and where it is. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yes, we can. And yeah. we take it very seriously. We sure do. So don't even doubt us if we say that we do. Okay. Yeah, we both. Okay, now we're low key. Yeah, whatever. The, I don't care. I mean, I could identify stars. Who cares if I can? Whatever. 
This is starting to sound like we don't know where the star star constellations are. I only know where one star constellation is. <laughs> I don't think we have to DBH. call them star constellations. <laughs> it's just a constellation. I said a star constellation because I'm a little bit tired. Well, now I'll say that forever. <laughs> okay. So... Despite what you have just heard and whatever <laughs> conclusions you've come to, we we do indeed know where the Big Dipper is. And like Orion, we know where that one is. I learned that. Yeah, I, I know that only because of Men in Black. <laughs> Orion's belt. Um, I know these things because I have a dad who loves to look at the stars and has had like constellation maps and telescopes and things like that growing up so that's how i know yeah and the two constellations i can identify as i previously noted men in black orion because of men in black and my love for that movie orion's belt and the second one has to do with this and and i think that there's actually a this is a public service announcement also my answer to this Okay, when I was a, a kid, I got a kid's meal from like Burger King or something, okay? And in that kid's meal, they were they were handing out, they were supplying the kid's meals with these toys that helped you to identify star constellations. Wow. And it had like little holes. It was like this cardboard, of course it's cardboard because it's like that's what they make, you know educational toys out of when they put them in kids meals um and it had like holes in it and you can hold it up to the night sky with the stars out and you could like line up those holes with the stars and it told you you know which constellation you know whichever you know which one you were looking at and the and the big dipper that was the one that just stood out to me because it's like the big dipper like that's that's a cool name that is cool. That's like cool and kind of funny and, you know, and it's the Big Dipper. So seems like the most, like the best constellation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, so so those educational toys in those kids' mills, although you might like, you know, they might get overshadowed by the burger and fries, but those educational toys, <laughs> they are vital they they may cause a young kid to look up at the stars and see those stars in his future and maybe one day become an astronomer or an astronaut or something with the word astro in it that was beautiful bobby you're you're welcome everyone so that was my public service announcement here is the song hey sandy by the band polaris Would either of you consider yourselves to have a higher pain tolerance than the other? I'm not sure. I mean, Emily has given birth, but I don't know if that's like a high pain tolerance because I'm sure it hurt and I'm sure she didn't like it. Um, But I think people with low pain tolerances like also give birth. So I don't know that that's like the deciding factor. I guess it's how much you pain. I don't know. As a person who hasn't, I I feel unqualified to make assumptions about this. 
but um, for something more like a more common experience like you uh, broke an arm or stubbed a toe or something like who has like a higher pain sensitivity versus who just doesn't and then also along that lines between the two of you who would you consider more of like a hypochondriac I feel like Emily probably Googles stuff more because she's not afraid of medical things and Bobby is. But as far as like who gets anxiety about things that are happening, I don't know which which of you takes the lead in, in that contest. So two-part question there. Jennifer, this question is like so loaded. I'm glad you asked, Jennifer. Well, the second our second child, the first child that that Emily gave birth to, okay, um, we like I I I feel like I was able to kind of like help her through it. Um, we kind of were together with that experience, um, and she did experience great pain. I'm sure she can attest to that because she was the one experiencing it. But the second time around, I was like. I was like, all right, I'm ready to be put in, coach. I'm ready to help her through these birth pangs. And and she she basically said, like, I don't need you this time. I can get through this from within. And so she she did this amazing thing where she was able to kind of like tolerate in in some sense the pain and and make it through the whole like experience with this steadiness and this like meditative in this like meditative state it was amazing it was beautiful and i just feel like based off of that if emily knew that the pain was coming the the idea that she would be able to like withstand childbirth in like with the kind of you know energy that she had it would that, that to me like already i i've there's no way I could do that if I knew I was going to go through what she went through. May I? Yes. My distaste for causing a scene outweighs <laughs> whatever pain I may be experiencing. And so I do have a high tolerance for pain, I believe, although I've never thought of it in those terms. Um, when the nurses were asking me, like, where's your pain level at? I don't think I ever told them um, anything above a four. And it's because I think I was using the pain scale wrong. I was oh, you had kind it upside of like, down, Emily. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I was more like, well, how much pain could I endure? Like, I could endure more than this. So I suppose it's at a four, <laughs> um, which then caused me to have a baby without the epidural that I wanted because he just like came out because no one believed me that he was happening because when you were on the verge of having the baby you were out of four <laughs> like how bad is the baby I'm like it's a four <laughs> um I really just I think I I'm a very I I do have a lot of like deep emotions but I really don't I like I want to be taken seriously so for myself in my mind it's like the only way I can be taken seriously is if I remain calm and collected. Um, but that is not always a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't overreact to pain. And I guess I do have a higher pain tolerance. More than Bobby. Yeah, definitely more than me. 
I, I don't, I can't really speak to like pain tolerance because I don't really know if I've been through anything painful. Like no more than the average Your man. Your gastritis. Oh, that's that, right. That like takes you out. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. That that really hurt a lot. And, and it lasted all night. And I went to the emergency room in the morning and the rest was history. So... <laughs> It hurt really bad, and I was not fun to be around. I don't know if your pain tolerance, if you have a very low pain tolerance, if that means that you're more pleasant to be around. Does that have anything to do with anything? I don't know, anything? but... You were pleasant to be around through childbirth. I was not pleasant no. to be around while my tummy hurt. So, <laughs> I'm not really sure what that says. Let's move on to the hypochondriac thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Bobby's definitely the hypochondriac of the family. Him and Weston. Weston is following in his father's footsteps. I think we, I think, I figured out this thing that was happening with our seven-year-old. Because he would get, like, a not-so-hot. And then he would say that his, his, like, stomach was hurting. And then I got him a different kind of drink because we thought that maybe the, the chocolate syrup was not sitting well with him that they use. It was a different drink with no chocolate syrup. And he still said his tummy hurt. And I realized that he was drinking his drink really fast. It was like a hot drink. And I think that he's drinking his hot drink too fast and it's hurting him. But he likes to say like, oh, I got some bad heartburn. Yeah, he complains about heartburn a lot. It's only <laughs> like, seven. There's no way that you have heartburn this quickly after drinking this. I don't know. We, we're really good parents who like stay on top yeah, of things. Yeah, totally, so, totally. So if he was really in experiencing something, we would be quick to respond. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for that, sure. that's another PSA. Um, Bobby is like a hypochondriac, but also does not want answers. I hate answers. And refuses to no accept treatment. No treatment. Unless it gets really bad, and then he will, yeah. he will submit. Although I do love being cared for by the medical establishment i love nurses giving me things i love them taking care of me get making sure i have enough pillows i love being fussed over i really do so you can unpack that too oh let's not it's too much <laughs> couldn't quite explain it they always just be Hey, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Dream Infringement on 89.5 FM Ashland, Oregon and 94.1 FM Medford, Oregon, also streaming live at kskq.org. And you just heard by the Crash Test Dummies. This week on Dream Infringement, we are continuing part two of our question and answers to each other. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't feel like I need to explain anymore. Just listen to the rest of it and you'll, you'll get it. You'll see. So we all love to sleep. I know this about our dream infringement group. We love it. We can't get enough of it. And one of the things that has become near and dear to me as I get older is my pre-bedtime routine. It's very important that I do certain things in order for me to have a good night's sleep. And there's no way that you can be any different. 
because you value sleep so much. This I know. So what, Jennifer, is your pre-bedtime routine? Hit me with it. There's three versions of my bedtime routine depending on how well I'm doing mental health-wise. So when I'm not doing so good, there there is no routine. Like, I just go to bed. And that's when I get cavities. Then the midline, I'm brushing my teeth, I'm washing my face and putting moisturizer on it. And then I'm going to bed. And then there's the more like OCD kind of mode where like I'm washing my face, but then I'm like exfoliating and I'm using the special blackhead stuff that bubbles and uh, there's moisturizers and serums happening and I'm brushing my teeth, I'm flossing, I'm using the tongue scraper even and like moisturizing all over like my arms and legs and and so those are your kind of three things happening. My cats and I, it's not really a routine, but they always like fall asleep where I need to sleep and then I have to get in the bed and I like convince them they need to move. They look at me and I'm like, I need to go to sleep now. You need to move. And then I like get on the bed and I like bounce it up and down a little bit. And then they're like, oh, fine. Then they'll go like be at the end of the bed where they normally sleep. And then about 10 minutes in, they'll get into a fight and then they'll like wrestle. And then one of them will be like kissing and then they'll throw themselves off the bed and like run around and eat some food. I think, I don't know what they do. I never, I never follow them, but they come back. And so that's the, their routine, no matter what my routine happens to be. You run like a fool just to be at my side. And now you run like a fool, but you just run to hide and I can't abide. I got my feet on the ground and I don't go to sleep to So you may not know this, but both Bobby and Emily are really good artists. Like they're very good at drawing. And I don't know if they consider one of them like the superior person art-wise or not, um, or what they would define their style as. To me, like what I've seen of Emily is a sort of like cute, funny uh, monsters or um, some really cool stop motion that I think was Emily's. I don't think it was Bobby's. And then Bobby seemed like a little bit more edgy. Is that the case? <laughs> Do either of you like just draw for fun? Do you have like any serious art projects that you work on that's like not involving Weston or Indy um, that you just do because you want to do it? Did either of you think about going into like graphic design or trying to like monetize that talent in some way or you're just happy with it being a hobby? I don't know this. Oh, Jennifer, do go on. It is very flattering that you think we're good enough to consider careers in graphic design or to have had once and for myself no i never did because i didn't realize that that was an option um and i don't know that i would have because i'm not very confident in my drawing skills but now i'll just thank you jennifer wow uh personally i think bobby is the better artist no 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 i'm not he 
his like depth perception is better. My stuff could never look real. It always just looks like weird and cartoony, um, which I then try to make, like I try to make into a style. Um, and no, I don't have any like drawing projects right now on my own. But one time we did a drawing, like an art project with the boys we all drew Albert Einstein, and I got really into it. Tried my hardest. There are actually these little, like, kid projects that Emily and I start to, like, take over for ourselves. And, and then we become extremely dedicated to them, and they're, you know, and obsessed. And, and then That's the, true. And then the kids aren't into it, and then we just put a cartoon on for them, and we keep doing what we're doing. We're like, the shading, the shading on <laughs> Albert Einstein's coat needs to be just right. Yeah, don't get us started on shading. Uh, yeah, but, but I, I I feel like um, drawing has always been something really special to me. I, I always have loved drawing. And um, I remember copying, like actually like tracing, not tracing, but like copying, I guess, what is it called? Like transcribing? I don't know, drawing pictures of like Taz from Looney Tunes or... Um, and then like coloring him in and then showing him to my dad and then my dad would be like wow that's really good and I'm like well it's not great there's this part right here that isn't perfect like tracing not tracing not tracing not tracing like tracing to me is like putting the paper yeah. over the drawing and oh, then drawing you were just what, like looking at it and trying to like draw based on, on what own. I was looking gotcha. at yeah I don't know what that's called yeah and I like to also um uh, I I also had the dream of being a cartoonist when I was probably about 10 years old I wanted to write comics draw comic strips and like write comic strips I loved comic strips and and uh I remember trying to come up with an idea for a comic strip about sheep like doing funny things and I, and I had dreams of like being it being printed in the newspaper uh, but it's not out of any like pure reasons like I want to follow my dream of drawing like a lot of my motivation for doing anything creative is really so that people can praise me so <laughs> I'll let you guys you fell right into his trap Jennifer <laughs> I'll let you all unpack that just take a moment to do that all right all right okay you can be done with that let's put it back in <laughs> so let's play a song now Trouble with a classicist, he looks at a tree. That's all he sees, he paints a tree. The trouble with a classicist, he looks at the sky. He doesn't ask why, he just paints the sky. So music-wise, I know Bobby played the drums. I've seen Bobby play guitar. I've seen Emily play a song on the guitar, and I've heard her mention I think violin lessons I think but I didn't know if you had ever tried other instruments um can either of you read sheet music is there any instrument that you have a plan to learn uh will you be teaching your kids anything about playing something or getting them lessons for something or not on one hand, like a child learning how to play an instrument is like, I think, 
a good thing for their brains. On the other hand, then you are stuck at home with a child playing an instrument, which is maybe not good for the parents' brains. So, (laughs) yeah, I didn't know. I don't know. And I never asked till now. I think it's really good for kids to learn instruments. I do I do agree with you, Jennifer. I think it's good for their brains. Uh, but in this pandemic-riddled world that we live in, I, I would have had a hard time trying to learn an instrument over Zoom. And mm-hmm. so I don't know if I want to introduce our children to like that kind of level of anxiety being judged by like a person on a screen uh, because I had music teachers and that's part of the whole experience is being judged in person in person you need to be judged in person yes for the full anxiety <laughs> to really sink in that's true yeah but we do we love playing music and we've actually like Emily and I have played together we're not the greatest at creatively we've gone on tour (laughs) no no we haven't (laughs) although if you'd like to book us uh we can probably play one song all right 2022 is wide open (laughs) for us (laughs) oh now's our time to clean up as musicians (laughs) so Anyways, we we've gotten together with like we've gotten together with our children <laughs> and we've played music uh, and we introduced both of our boys very young to the harmonica, which is like one of the funnest, easiest instruments to just like fiddle around with and outside of the fiddle. And uh, <laughs> and, and the harmonica has been like so much fun to see them both. You know, because like if you can breathe in and out, you can, you know, you can start learning the harmonica. Wow. Sign me up for your classes, Bobby. <laughs> okay, I will. Um, and uh, yeah, they they both have been like really fun to watch learn the harmonica. <laughs> and and one or both of them will like jam out while Emily plays the keyboard and I'll play the guitar. Um, and, and our son, our seven-year-old, is like George Michael from Arrested Development level at keeping time. Yeah, he's incredible. And so we've given him like tambourines and like percussion instruments and he can just like, he will not drop the beat at all while he's dropping the beat. But enough about our children. Jennifer, earlier you asked us if we had played... If we'd had, because it always does. Earlier, you asked us if we'd had uh, any music lessons, and the answer is yes, Jennifer. I I didn't play the violin. I played the viola or viola. I think viola is not right. It's viola. I think it's viola. Sure, in sixth grade, and um, I wasn't that into it, and I wasn't that great at it. But I had to do it because they were teaching us how to get credits for middle school. And that was one of the classes I had to take. And then the orchestra teacher's daughter threatened me and said she was mad at us at the playground for something. I don't remember what. And then she said, my dad's going to give you a I'm going to change my dad's grades to a one because at that point we were doing numeric grading so it was like one through six and six was like off the charts outstanding um and she threatened to have her dad change the one or she was gonna sneak in and change the grade what? to a one 
Um, and that, we all just laughed at her because she was in fourth grade. That just goes to show you the smallest amount of power can make people monsters. And it wasn't even her power. Um, but incidentally, I was terrible at the viola, and yet I still got all sixes in that class, which was unheard of. Probably because you were just so pleasant. Maybe. As or maybe a student. he just didn't care. <laughs> you, I, a music teacher that doesn't care? I don't I, think he cared that much. Yeah, I, I've only ever known them carrying, music teachers carrying too much. And then I took piano lessons uh, for several years, and that was fun, and I did learn how to read sheet music, and I, like, could probably still do it if I had a little time to freshen up my skills. So that is all yeah and i was in i was in percussion through all of middle school and i only started learning the drums because i thought i would look cool carrying my drumsticks around school but little (laughs) did i know that i would retain talent a talent that i would carry with me through my entire life Mm. and pass on to my children yeah so that just goes to show you vanity pays off it really does. Every time. Every single time. So that was another PSA. And you're welcome for that. <laughs> well, everyone, that's the end of our show. We really appreciate you tuning in. And we really want to give out our heartfelt thanks to everyone who donated Um, to our pledge drive. It was a very successful pledge drive, and we owe it all to you, our listeners. You all keep us going, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So that's it for Dream Infringement, but stick around for High Tech Soul with Leo. Bobby? Here is a hit that you may be familiar with called Mr. Tambourine Man, but this time it's being sung by none other than Mr. Bill Shatner. Enjoy. Bye, everyone. We love you. I'm ready for the fade into my own parade. Cast your dancing spell my way. I promise to go under it.